Today I want to talk to you about being a church without walls. See, too often in the past we have let the walls that we sit within, the area that we're from even, or the parish we're part of, or whatever way you've defined church. See, we all end up boxing it in and and letting that define what church is, letting that define it is. And we try and put it in a box almost. We try and box it in. And that's the way we meet. And today I want to encourage you that we are the church. We are supposed to be the church, so we can't be boxed in. We can't be walled in. See, walls protect us, and walls keep people out and keep things out and keep things safe and secure. And you see, we are meant to be an open book to all, so we're not meant to be hidden away. See, we live out the life God gives us for all to see. You know what? People are supposed to see all of us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you see, if you're worried sometimes about what people might see if they see all of you, all areas of your life, then don't worry, you're in good company. I think everybody feels that way, but will people really love me? Will people really care? Will people really um, do something with me? Will people care enough to stay friends with me? And you see, the truth is we all have to admit we're all broken. We're all broken people. We're a broken family of God in a broken world trying just to let God do a work within us. That's what all of us are. And if we ever lift anybody up on a pedestal and think that they're better than us or better in any way, we need to be prepared for that person to fall off. That person will do that. See, all of us need a touch from God. See, we all need God to come in in some way, in some shape, in some fashion and renovate our lives. We all need God to come in and remove the walls that we have built up and the things that we've built up in our lives to try and hide things in corners or try and um, separate things up in our life. I love this book, Mere Christianity, that C.S. Lewis wrote. And there's this quote in the book. He says this, Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right. He's stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that these jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. But presently, he's starting to knock the house about in a way that hurts abdominally and doesn't seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. See, God wants to come and live in our lives. God wants to come and work through our lives. So whether you're eight or 80, God is going to be working on you. God wants to make you into a palace. He doesn't want you to be some silly little thing squared away somewhere in a corner. He wants to make you into a grandeur, into a beautiful thing that he can put on display and say, look what I can do with someone who gives their life to me. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter 
what you think you should be. We need to be open to what God wants to do. Why? Because being confident of this, 1 Philippians 1, verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You are a work in progress. I am a work in progress. We are works in progress. God is renovating and rejuvenating our life, and he's making us a sacrifice worthy of him. He's making us worthy to do that. So until we actually look like what God had designed us to be, God will work in our lives. Things will move. Things will change. See, God wants to move things around in our lives, so we need to be happy and confident enough, especially in this time and this season, to let him. You see, God is moving in all of our lives right now, whether you can see it or not, if you can comprehend it or not. And you know what? You might even not feel like it. You might feel like, you know, God, I just don't understand and I don't like where I am right now. And I know a lot of us are in that place. And even some of us feel useless right now because we haven't been able to do what we've always done. We haven't been able to serve God or do things that we've always done. And you know what? God is using this unsettledness in us to move things around in our lives, to reprioritize us. And we need to keep coming back to the central truths of God and keep letting that define us and not what we do and not the actions that we allow to happen around us. I want you and I want me to be instruments of God where we bring glory to his name, where we only do that. I want to be that clay in the potter's wheel waiting for God to come and shape me and mold me and, and to make me into something that's useful for him, something that can affect change in this world, something that can bring glory to him. Thankfully, we know we can trust God. And this is what God says in Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Forget the past. You can't change the past. We can't change what has already happened. Forget what we've always done, well, the way we've always been, what we've always been able to do. Because the problem is, if we do what we've always done, we'll get the same results. But God wants to do a new thing, and that's the honest truth. It's a new season, it's a new way of life that we all are learning and going to have to learn to live with. And he's renovating our lives. He's changing us. He's changing around the walls and the windows and, and the rooms and the floors and all parts of your life. And he's doing building work in you and doing building work in me. He's reminding us that we, the people, are the church and not the, not the walls we meet within. So the, the church has never been closed. I want to tell you that the church has never been closed unless you've closed yourself. That's the only time the church is closed. That is, if you have shut the door of your own heart to those people around you. And that's the, that's the fear, that's the danger that we all have of shutting ourselves down, of closing ourselves in. So I want to remind you of the verses that I did share last week. Lift up your head, O you gates. Fling wide your everlasting doors that the King of glory may come in. God can only come in and work within us and do stuff in us if we open our hearts to him, if we open our minds to him, if we open our lives to him. That's the simple truth. God in this season is coming in and doing stuff within us. 
and then out of the identity that God gives us, then we will be able to serve him in many different ways again. Not the ways that we've always done, but the ways that God allows us to whenever or however that looks like. God is doing a new thing. So what does it say? Watch for the life. Look for where the life is. Do you not perceive it? Have a look around. What's God doing at this time in this season? We look ahead. We look forward. We forget the past. We can't change the past. We can't change the circumstances we're even in right now because you are standing where you are. You can't change that. The only difference you can have is where are you going? What are you aiming for? What are we going to aim for? What are we going to pursue in our lives? See, we need to choose this in our own lives. Nobody can choose this for you. We need to do this as a church. We need to decide where we are going. What are we chasing after? What are we going to do? We need to look ahead and say, God, where is your life? What is happening? What is bringing life at the minute? And then we chase after it and we pursue it. Our lives aren't focused anymore in the four walls of the building, but it's focused on who we are and who God created us to be. These walls have been ripped down from around us. Our safety and security of our own building that we do stuff in is gone. Now we are called. We're called out. God's taking us out and he's putting us on display. God's calling you out and putting you on display. He's showing the world what he can do through broken individuals like you and like me. He's shown us the way by living as an example. Jesus lived that example. What did Jesus do? Jesus lived with broken people. He showed them the kingdom of heaven. He showed them what God can do. Jesus hung out with the broken, the hurt, the sick, the lame, the outcast, the lonely. Quite often he was even called by the religious people. You know what? He's friends of sinners. He, he was with the lowest and the dirtiest and, and the rejected from society. Religious, of their people, uh, religious people of their day had the rules and regulations and this is how we do what we do and this is how we honor God. And Jesus just said, forget all that. This is what it looks like. See, we've had the safety of our church for many years. We've had the safety of a building for many years and things that we like to do within that building, things we like to do certain ways and how we normally feel. And quite frank and quite honest, right now, we as Christians, we as followers of God, do feel quite exposed. We do feel quite vulnerable. See, we all thought this would be sorted by now. We all thought, oh, a couple of months of this or a couple of months of that or whatever way, you know what, it'll be sorted and then we can get back to normal. I think that's what everybody's been wanting and everybody wants this, but this is the, the truth that God's not wanting us to go back to that sort of form of normal. God wants to drive us on there's no such thing as normality from now on. We're going to be living in many different ways, in different seasons, as different things come our way. We have to do things very differently. We have to connect in different ways. And you see, God is doing a new thing. Can we see it? If you can't see it, if you can't perceive it, if you can't understand it, you know what, this is a new day for us as a church. This is a new day for us as the global church. We all need to learn to live within this. We all need to learn to thrive within this and allow God to work in us and in the lives of those around us. Ask God to give you eyes to see. If you can't see, 
what God's doing right now, just ask him. Ask him to reveal it. Ask him to show you glimmers of hope, glimmers of, uh, of um, faith, glimmers of um, love. You see, God is renovating you and God is renewing you. That's the beauty of this season. Like, yes, we've had this breaking down period. We've had this reassembling some sort of form of life. And then God's, uh, God's using this time where it's all disassembled again to then recreate us anew. He's building himself a palace to live in. He wants your life to be a glorious, beautiful thing that's on display for all people to see. We get to honor God with our whole life, not just a sliver, not just a little bit, not just with Sundays or not just with going to services or prayer meetings or uh, whatever, but he's building our lives as we, the church, the people of God, are on display in this whole world. We show everyone what a real relationship with God looks like through the good times and the bad. We're not exempt from anything in this life, so it would be foolish to think that we'd ever be exempt and we get to show what it's like to walk with God, to talk with God, to know who God is. And we get to show others what that looks like. We get to show others how they can live with God. We get to tell the stories of God. We get to tell uh, about this faith that we have that drives us, that gets us up in the morning and makes us go out the door and to greet our neighbors, our friends, our family, whatever we're able to do whether we restrict it or not, whatever we're able to do. And you know what? All of heaven is cheering us on. All of the patriarchs and matriarchs of a faith throughout all the centuries, they're all looking down and, go and cheering us on. How do I know this? Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart do not grow weary and do not lose heart. Do not be worried that things seem to be disassembled right now, that things seem to be separated and pulled apart, that things seem to be not sitting right. Why? Because for the joy set before Jesus, whenever he had his life literally ripped to shreds, whenever his body, his physical body was literally tore to pieces, he did not lose heart. He did not grow weary. He literally was torn to pieces on the cross, on the road to the cross, and then on the cross, both physically, emotionally, and in every other way, as he paid the debt for all the wrong things we've done. So consider him. If you're feeling weary, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling broken, if you're feeling hurting, you're in good company. We're all tired, broken, weary, frustrated, even angry. Don't grow weary. Don't lose heart, but give it all to him. To be a church without walls means we are exposed, means we are out there for all to see. And I want to encourage you, keep putting yourself out there. Allow people to see all of you, not just the nice, clean, shiny side that we all 
like to show people, but let people see who you really are. Let people see all of your life and let them relate to it. And then not only that, let them see the God that you know and love working through you and working in you and changing your life. If you don't know this God, I encourage you right now, give your life to him. I encourage you right now to give your life to Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of this faith, who gave us an example, who gave his own life so that we can have life and be connected with God. Stop right now and just turn to him. Say you're sorry for all the wrong you've done, all the sins you've committed. Give your life to him and allow yourself to be transformed. If you've hidden yourself away, even as a Christian or not, as a follower of God or not, if you've hidden yourself away, if you've tried to build walls and compartments and storage areas and stuff to hide stuff away and squirrel stuff away in your life, allow God to rip them open and allow him to deal with whatever junk's inside. You know what? We've all done that. We've all been there. We're all broken. But we need to give ourselves to God. We need to allow him to do a miraculous and mighty work in our life and build, a, build us up into the palaces that he deserves because he wants to come and live in you and live through you and to reach the world through you and me. Let's just pray together. God, we thank you so much for the examples that Jesus has given us, for the example of the way he came and lived his life, the way he came and even lived through his death and then even into resurrection. And God, thank you that we can follow him in that pathway where we honor God with our lives, where we allow ourselves to die to ourselves, to die to our own wants, our own wishes, our own plans, our own purposes that we've created for ourselves. And God, we can give our lives to him and he can have permission to rip down any walls that we've built up and do anything that he wishes to do. We give our lives to him now. We say, come Lord and have your way in us. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for church. I really hope that something I've said has just blessed you. Something I've said has just struck a chord in your heart. I really pray that God will continue to rip down the walls in your life that he needs to move. And then not only that, to then build you up into the palace that you deserve to be, that we deserve to be, so that we can show the world the glory of God and show the world how amazing Jesus is and what he's done for us. So I really pray that God bless you. I pray that the hand of Jesus will be at work within your life. I pray that the Holy Spirit will have freedom to do whatever he needs to do in you and through you, that you'll fill yourself up daily with the Holy Spirit, that you just allow God to come and minister to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. So God bless you all. Have an amazing week. Stay in touch with us. Please get in touch. Please comment. Please like the video. Please share the video. Please let others know the hope that you found. Please allow your lives to be on display for all to see. God bless you all and we'll see you next week.